0: Welcome back. Joining me for a look at the day's markets is Viv Governor from Moran, Swiss Offshore. Viv, thanks so much for joining us today. Now, markets are set to end off the week. Um, strongly, most industries have been positive throughout the week, but we saw um, um, that rally run out of steam yesterday. What have you made of trade this week as investors digested that U.S. inflation print?
1: I think it was very positive. We've had a number of inflation prints coming out, U.S., US I think we'll talk about it in a minute, uh, U.K. as well, all indicating that we are seeing uh, a bit of uh, easing on inflation, uh, which is very important. I mean, uh, that's a key driver for the high interest rates we are seeing right now. Mm-hmm. If inflation comes down, interest rates should follow reasonably soon thereafter, and that will be very good for not just markets, but for you know, consumers and the global economy overall.
0: Now, U.S. jobless claims in the meantime rose to 231,000 this week. This, was, a, uh, uh, what's this? Uh, it was just another sign to show that um, the, labor, the U.S. labor market is cooling down, right?
1: Oh certainly, and it's also, you know, sadly enough, uh, good for uh, you know, markets as well. Mm-hmm. Understand, when you fight inflation, the way they fight inflation is by raising interest rates. You raise interest rates in order to increase unemployment. You want to get out there and make sure people are unemployed. You want to make sure that the economy does not grow very fast, and that is the reason that you're doing it. If the uh, inflation rate is coming down and the unemployment rate, or at least the jobless claims rate, or the labour market seems to be a bit weak, those are actually good things from the point of view of the central bank, and gives it the room to actually go and cut uh, interest rates.
0: Now, across the Atlantic, we're seeing a deceleration of consumer prices as well. Eurozone inflation easing to 2.9% from 4.3%. Now, Viv, with these kind of prints coming out, surely we're approaching the end of the hiking cycle.
1: Um, I think so. But we need to actually have, you know, one point does not make a trend. We need to have mm-hmm. a couple more of these confirmation things coming through. Uh, a couple of good signs out there for the eurozone inflation number. Uh, I mean, we are seeing oil prices coming on substantially below uh, $80 for Brent. Uh, natural gas prices also under pressure. And the reason is that... Um, That's good as well is that, you know, what's happened in the Eurozone over the last couple of years is that there's been fears about how they are able to get through winter. Because, I mean, you know, the European Union is not like South Africa. You can't just have a cold winter. Mm. You'll freeze if you don't have heating. Uh, And so uh, it was necessary to have, you know, a substitute for the Russian gas coming in. And in that case, you know, to ensure that they had enough, they basically paid, you know, through the nose. And so that made prices go up. Right now, their storage is full, so they couldn't buy any more if they wanted to. And that means that, you know, if the winter becomes, you know, reasonably mild, you don't have to buy much more throughout the winter, uh, you know, we should see a fall in natural gas prices as well, which is also good for inflation. And if, you know, they have a milder winter as well, the natural gas that people are consuming at home uh, should also be cheaper and that also should help with inflation.
0: All right, let's bring it back home. We have monetary policy under the spotlight as we await that interest rates decision next week. With local inflation on the upper end of the SOB's, um, uh, 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 sobs, uh target range. What are your expectations f- in the next meeting?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I would think that uh, we would probably be uh, to this, um, probably flat. I, I, I don't think that there's a necessity to be progressive. Uh, if the U.S. raises, we probably have to follow. Uh, if you see I know international markets, uh, you know, doing the way that we have to follow. But right now, I don't think that, uh, you know, we would have to. Uh, I think that there's a possibility if there is something happening, maybe another you know 25 basis point hike, but I don't think there will be a cut. But I think we're probably looking for a hold at this point in time, uh, and I think that uh, that will probably be wise at the moment. I mean, uh, we don't want to be aggressive on our cuts uh, because you know look at the round at the moment; it's getting to about 1830, mm-hmm. maybe even we'll break to 18. Hopefully, into the future, uh, in that scenario, that will take a lot of pressure off our market because you think about it, all prices will be cheaper, any important stuff will be cheaper uh, if we can see you know the round get a bit stronger.
0: Let's move over to S&P Global, which is scheduled to review South Africa's sovereign credit rating today. In March, S&P downgraded our outlook to stable from positive um, as the country went through um, severe, severe load shedding. In May, it held off um, from changing the country's sovereign credit rating or outlook. Are we looking at yet another um, meeting with no changes?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, we have had some issues since then. We've obviously handled issues such as, uh, you know, the the fiscal issues in Africa at the moment, uh, you know, continuing to be, uh, you know, tools uh, under pressure in South Africa. We've had our own, you know, finance minister come out and discuss, uh, you know, us, uh, some of the issues in South Africa that, that you know, still remain. Uh, and so I don't think, uh, you know, that's going to be you know room for improvement. Uh, so we are probably, we are going to be stable.
0: Not much company news coming out um, today, but we did have uh, Cecil appointing a new CEO. Um, What have you made of the move? I want us to talk about the leadership change just before we get into what played out at the AGM.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I do think Cecil is facing a very, very tough situation at the moment, like you mentioned. Uh, I do think that, you know, in terms of... uh, What's happening with regards not just South Africa but internationally as well uh you know i I do think that we are in a situation where people are obviously you know to us, uh, looking for some kind of resolution to the Kramer situation and they're going after companies that are basically uh, viewed as being uh you know the cause of it. i think Sassel is uh, like the second biggest uh, producer of uh uh greenhouse gases in South Africa uh some below will have a, a very tough job i think uh you know negotiating this particular situation here. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that i think we do have you know obviously the you know, technological change coming through the rise of evs and so on though not a big deal in South africa as yet you know obviously a big deal going forward at the same time as well i mean the operations in places like europe are obviously going to have to change because of the change in availability of input so this is a, a tough time for the new leader
0: and with that AGM being cancelled today Surely this doesn't bode well for the company, right?
1: Look, I mean, the, that part of it, I think, is, is more a case of, you know, you've got to deal with uh, these these activists out there. I think the bigger issue is not so much the cancellation of the AGM is the fact that, you know, some of the big players like Investec and O ninety one, 91 or Michelle as well, I think, as well, are not uh, not to be voting for some of the resolutions from the company because of their inability to meet climate targets. And I think that might be a bit more of a... Uh, a burden on the, the new CEO, than you know, just a disruption of an AGM.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Before I let you go, Viv, what is your stock pick today?
1: Uh, uh, Alphabet. Uh, we see, Alphabet come down, you know, recently because of uh, some disappointing results, but they've returned almost, uh, you know, entirely all of those losses. Uh, I'm waiting, you know, the next month or two, the release of Gemini, which is their new AI system. And I think that's going to give them a huge advantage. AI is going to link up with their uh, cloud system. Uh, like, for instance, uh, Microsoft now is the most valuable company in the world, pretty much. And they basically are riding on that Azure system that's uh, driving their, uh, their revenue. Uh, and that's built on uh, AI. And I think uh, with a new system from uh, Google or Alphabet, uh, their AI would link you to their cloud system quite nicely.
0: Viv, let's leave it there. Thanks for your time and those insights. That was Viv Govinda from Ranswys Offshore.